Welcome back to Field Notes by Ag Choice, an educational podcast focused on inspiring growth in our families, businesses, and rural communities. Thanks for listening. I'm Rachel Sadison, and today I'm joined by Jonathan and Winter Weaver. The Weavers operate Wheat and Sparrow LLC, a 17-acre farm in Spring Grove, Pennsylvania. They are also 2021 recipients of the Ag Choice Farm Credit Jumpstart Grant, which awarded 15 startup farmers with a $10,000 grant this past fall. Jonathan and Winter, thanks for joining me on the podcast. Thank you for having us. Great. So let's have you start by telling us your story. What are your backgrounds and what led you to becoming farmers? I was living in Virginia back in uh, 2017. And uh, I had no experience in farming beforehand, but I was I was interested in it for about six years. And I was kind of doing my own independent studying and getting uh, just excited about the idea. But I had never actually been in any type of farming career or I didn't grow up on a farm. And, and so I kind of felt like I didn't have an entryway. Um, and then one day I was looking around online and I found a an internship at a farm and I just kind of went for it out of the blue. I applied for the internship and then they accepted me. And then about two weeks later I was on a farm and I kind of got my feet wet. And then I ended up meeting my wife, uh, at that internship. And then we got married about a year later and I started working and saving up money to get our own piece of property. And, uh, that's how we bought the 17 acre farm. And that's, I really didn't have much uh, experience before then, but my wife, she worked at a farm in California and I'll let her tell you about that. Yeah. So um, when my experience with food actually started back in high school um, or even before high school, um, I started cooking at my grandparents' house because my grandma wasn't much of a cook. And, um, I realized what, how food impacted people, um, by just kind of pouring your heart into cooking. And so I thought I wanted to pursue cooking and, um, own my own cafe one day. And in high school I saw, um, I think it was food Inc. And I saw Joel Salatin for this first time. And I thought, wow, if I, if I didn't live in a city, I, I was in uh, San Diego, California. That's where I was born and raised, but I thought if I wasn't in a city and I knew where farms were, um, then, you know, I would try and go out and do something like that. Maybe I'd contact that guy someday. I had no idea who Joel Salatin really was and how big he was. And, and, you know, I thought really I'd have an interest in that if it seemed like something I could get to. Um, but I kind of felt like I was, I was stuck in the city. So I had to pursue cooking versus, you know, everything in, in regards to food and, And so I did that and I catered for a while. And eventually um, what happened was I always felt like I didn't really belong in a city. And I had this dream of hiking the Pacific Crest Trail from Mexico to Canada. And so I just um, somehow, for some reason, that seemed obtainable to me. So I went for it when I was 21 and it kind of just changed my my perspective on things. you know, that if I could just go out and decide I'm going to, you know, live outside on a hiking trail for months on end, then I could, uh, I could 
look into farming. And, and I think in the city, a lot of times, I, I mean, probably just across the U S but, um, a lot of times what was around me in that city growing up was that you had to have all this education to do anything for anybody to accept you into an internship or apprenticeship. In fact, internships and apprenticeships weren't even a thing. You had to go to college. And, and so I had this mindset like that if I wanted to pursue farming, I probably had to, you know, go to a college and I probably couldn't just reach out to somebody like Joel Salatin and see if they have an internship and, and these things. But after I went on that trail and I came back into the city and I knew it's just not where I belonged, then, um, I thought, you know what, I'm just gonna go for it. And, um, I signed up for a few internships and I was accepted at April Lane in, in California. They made a big documentary. They have a, their second documentary came out on Earth Day. And so I went there, I worked for uh, about a year. Um, I did multiple apprenticeships in their market garden and, and learned some things about their orchard and worked with all their different livestock and worked in their uh, traditional foods kitchen and kind of just tried to do everything that I could there. Um, and then I decided that I needed to get out of California and see other places and, uh, work on a farm that was more, um, I guess more like my dream goal. Um, if Lane's a beautiful, wonderful place, but it's, it's not some, like, I didn't have the funding that they had to go and start my own farm and, and, you know, do all these things that they're doing there. And so I wanted to see for somebody who, you know, didn't have all this funding, who had to start off with, you know, say $10,000 or, or, you know, a lot less funding than, um, what would that look like? So I, I started an apprentice, an internship at Wiffle Tree Farm in Virginia. And uh, that's where I met Jonathan. And it was really hard work and, and a lot learned. And um, the man who runs the farm, Jesse Strait, is just like, he's very about efficiencies. And, you know, he only started with 350 birds and he did so much of it by himself for so long. And and so it was a great learning experience. It was a lot of hard work, but a great learning experience. And, and that's where I met Jonathan. And we kind of, you know, realized that we shared the same goals and envisioned for things. And first he asked me to be his business partner. And then he asked me to be his wife. And, and now we've got two kids. And we just bought the farm um, about two years ago. Uh, and we've we moved back to uh, his his area where he was raised and grown. Yeah, that's that's kind of the backstory and education to us. Yeah, that is awesome. Thanks so much for sharing, Jonathan and Winter. And uh, really interesting to hear all about all your experiences there with your internships and apprenticeships. And yeah, how you, how you found each other. And uh, yeah, now how you are farming in Pennsylvania. So, so neat for sharing, I guess. Along with that, could you tell our listeners a bit more about your farm there, Wheat and Sparrow Farm? You know, what do you raise or grow and how do you market your products? So um, last year, uh, last year, then we just raised poultry. We just raised Cornish Cross for um, another farmer who had just quit his job and was um, trying to sort of up his um, 
of what he was doing. Um, and it really helped us to do that and not go directly into selling direct marketing because that was, um, you know, you're helping another farmer out and then it, it allowed us to grow product and sell product without, uh, the instability of, of first starting in the marketplace. So, um, that's what we did last year. And this year we're going to continue with, um, with some poultry, but we're going to move into pork also, uh, and then next year we're hoping to either add sheep or maybe a few cows. We only have 17 acres. So if we are going to do cattle, then we're going to have to um, expand our, our land probably, um, you know, start renting out some places. Uh, otherwise rabbit and duck is also in the works. Um, but yeah, we're just sort of starting with the staples of, you know, half full hogs and then chickens, which is a little difficult with what's going on in the world right now. Um, definitely would be easier to be doing ruminants, but, um, yeah, so that, that's kind of what we're doing. And then as far as markets going, we're, we're starting up our email, um, marketing and mostly Facebook and Instagram. Um, and then we do have a couple farmers markets, um, that we've just kind of been feeling out what, what products that people are interested in. We're very much in the beginning stages of more of the planning and research and, uh, you know, reaching out, making connections than um, so much of selling to the public right now. But those are a few of the markets that we plan on doing. And next year we hope to establish a on-farm store, you know, just a little shed so people could come to us. Um, we have a list of people, you know, who are waiting for our products and waiting for, our newsletters and um yeah that's kind of where we're at right now for marketing and, and product all right great well yeah we're just really interesting to hear about you getting started obviously wheat and sparrow farm is is relatively uh new i guess yeah. along with that jonathan and winter what has been the greatest challenge for you in starting your farm and what resources have been helpful to you along the way well the grant was definitely a very helpful resource. Um, the uh, I would say one of the biggest resources is other people. Um, I mean, just having other people who have gone through these experiences. Who, uh, you know, even if they're not doing exactly what you're doing, have information and education that's hands-on is just invaluable. Every time we go to make a decision, if we you know, feel like we really need to consider it more than we reach out to people we've, we've worked with who have the expertise on it and get their insight and really weigh in different opinions, um, to better understand what we might be missing. Um, so that people are, I think a very undervalued resource. Um, and then, the biggest challenge would be. Well, just one more thing about the people is uh, the uh, the Pennsylvania. I think it's called the Pennsylvania Farmer Veterans. Uh, that organization has been extremely helpful too, co connecting with other veterans and helping uh, fill out grant paperwork and just kind of giving us guidance. I know a lot of other farmers have off farm jobs as well, and I can definitely say that. Uh, that is one one of the big challenges is just kind of 
allocating time uh, and making sure, you know, you have your family and you have uh, a lot of people have off farm jobs and you have a farm job um, and just kind of making sure you have the right balance. That can be definitely challenging. The juggling aspect. Yes. The juggling of, of all these things is, is a very big challenge because you have this fledgling business that needs so much of your attention. But then at least for us, we also have the children that need so much of our attention. And then the thing about the off farm job is, you know, some people they're working so many hours elsewhere and it's necessary to even begin something like this. And Jonathan works night shift. So, um, you know, there's obviously time restraints there and, and scheduling issues and, um, and you definitely have to go with the flow on <laughs> a lot, but, um, I would say that was probably, yeah, the juggling is probably one of the biggest challenges when, when starting in our situation anyway, with, you know, two kids under two and, and and working night shift. That is great. And we're, and we're glad to have the youngsters as part of the podcast here today too. So could hear them in the background and uh, Jonathan and Winter, I don't think you're alone alone. I think that juggling, uh, you know, is especially hard for beginning farmers and, and you're exactly right. A lot of folks are, you know, maybe working at working off the farm as well in, in addition to their, uh, you know, their farm venture too. So, yeah. So that's, and great. I, that's great. Yeah. Um, sorry, not to cut you off. Uh, I think another thing that is really challenging and not, I think, how do I put this? I think that there is a challenge towards farmers today, especially in regards to education and the hands-on experience aspect of it. And I think that one thing just to kind of flip that question on its head, um, one thing that wasn't that we were extremely grateful for that I saw other farmers are challenged with it. We didn't feel as, as much uh, constraint about was the fact that we did do those internships and we did do those apprenticeships first. And if anybody is able to do that first, I would recommend that just, it's so important to have the people who have done this hands on be your teachers and to choose those people wisely too, because there's last year we raised a thousand two hundred birds. And I know that we would not have had the confidence to do that necessarily if we had not had that experience of raising, you know, 20,000 birds for other people. So, um, I think that the confidence that you gain and the, the resources you gain from learning from those other people really take away from that constraint that I see on a lot of, a lot of starting farmers who are you know, maybe trying to learn off books and YouTube and, and I know everybody can't necessarily do something like go out and intern or apprentice. Um, but if that is something that could be done, I really, really highly recommend that to somebody. Um, because I know that that is a huge constraint on, on new farmers, um, that we were just lucky that our path took us that route and we didn't have to have that. Otherwise that would have been my answer would be, the learning curve. <laughs> no, that's a, that's a great perspective to share uh, winner. You're exactly right. The, you know, it's the people plus the hands-on experiences that, yeah, that have really helped you. And, and you're exactly right. You can see where um, for others that might not have those experiences, that learning curve would especially be steep. Yes. 
So as mentioned earlier, you were one of our Jumpstart grant winners this past fall. How do you plan to use the funds to improve or enhance your operation? So uh, basically one of the the biggest uh, hurdles we had to come up with is to do direct-to-consumer marketing. Uh, We have to be able to take the live chickens and process them. Um, And so we did have that great jumpstart by helping uh, uh, my my farmer friend um, with raising chickens. But in order for us to actually uh, sell to the public, we have to figure out a way to process the birds on farm. And so um, by winning that grant, we have been able to purchase pretty much everything that we needed to to set up our processing area. So now that we have have the capabilities to actually uh, provide the end product. Yeah, that's awesome to hear and so glad that the grant has really filled the need for you there and excited to to take your business really to the next level. Oh, yeah, of course. So as we wrap up, could you share one piece of advice you have for someone interested in starting a farm? Uh, Yeah, yeah. So I think one of the the biggest things that, that, that can help people is besides getting that hands on experience, I mean, whether you can just if you know a farmer, uh, Google a farmer, and, and just even if you can go there and maybe shadow them for a day. Um, but that that's that's one of the big ones, but also planning. I, between that and planning, it's so hard to pick one over the other. Uh, hands-on experience over planning, but uh, Winner, what do you think? It just, it, it's a hard question because one, there's not one answer and i think that's one thing that's good about uh farming is it's not it's not cookie cutter it's very personal you can personalize it um and i i feel like a lot of it is kind of a paradox like you know one super super so important thing i just can't even stress it enough is planning but at the same time you have to be able to adapt and change and and make um make decisions in a moment a lot of times. But I think that if you are uh, very, I think that if you plan well, then a lot of times when these situations come up where you just have to adapt, then you have a better perspective of your situation, of your resources, of your goals. Um, And as far as planning goes, really, I think what we're saying is, uh, I mean, I know what we're saying is, just really thinking through every aspect of something that you're going to go after, whether that is, for example, our processing equipment, you know, not just, okay, well, I need to buy processing equipment. I'm going to go buy it new, but am I going to buy it new? And am I going to buy it used? Am I going to buy a certain brand? Is, is there a way that I can maybe buy this lot of processing equipment and I can, um, you know, sell a portion of it to get some money back? Like what are all my options and what does that really entail? Like, does it make more sense to travel to another state to buy processing equipment used? Does it, um, you know, I mean, that's just kind of one of the things that we had to plan recently that seems kind of small, but there's a lot of thought that could, that should go into these things. And at the same time, you don't want to overthink things because overthinking can kind of put you in a, um, you know, in a stagnated state. So, um, But at the same time, I think finding that balance of really having thought through things and getting other perspectives and trying to hit it from every angle so that 
you really understand your your enterprise, your uh, business partner, your business, your marketing, your resources, just anything to, to go at it with that mentality that, okay, let me look at it at every angle and every possibility I can think of and and then make my choice based off of these thought processes. It takes a lot of thinking through, I think, to run a business. And I think that when you don't do that, you do end up in those situations that are inevitable where you have to make a quick decision. And you, if you haven't done the thought and planning beforehand, which you could do before you even own the farm, um, then uh, for a lot of things, you know, marketing and, and such, um, if you don't do that, you come to these situations that are inevitable where you have to make a split second decision. And, and if you don't have that planning, you don't have that thought process and, and you don't have that thought process going, then you tend to look back and be like, maybe I should have made that choice <laughs> or maybe that was a mistake or I should have thought that through more. And so just taking the time initially, obviously you're not going to know everything that's ever going to possibly happen with your business or your resources or your partner or, or any of that, but to try to get the best perspective from every angle that you can and plan, plan, plan. <laughs> I think that's, <laughs> I know that I probably made that a little confusing, but it's kind of hard to, farming so nuanced and, and these situations are so nuanced. So it is very like, like I said, it's kind of like a paradox, right? You have to be able to make split second decisions, but at the same time, you don't want to go into it blind. You want to know what, what you're getting into. <laughs> and I think a lot of farming, if you, if you plan it, if you try and look at it from every perspective, every angle, whether that's something you're buying as a resource, you know, do I go with a feed buggy? Do I go with uh, a grain bin? Do I stick with 50 pound bags of feed? If you look at these things from all these different perspectives, well, how will this affect me now financially? How is it going to affect me labor wise in the future? Is this something I'm going to want to do for five years? Is this something I want to do for, you know, six months? Is this an investment we can afford right now? You know, there's a lot of angles that you have to look at for planning. And I think that if you just really delve into it and take that time to plan and to think things through, you're just better off in the long run. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great piece of advice to share there. The importance of thoughtful, um, thoughtful planning, right. But to be, yeah. to be flexible when you need to be, which is uh, the motto of farming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I guess finally, Jonathan and Winter, uh, could you tell our listeners uh, tell our listeners where they can find you online to learn more about Wheaton's Bow Farm as well as to connect with you? Well, we have a Facebook page, which is Wheaton's Sparrow Farm. Um, it's just Wheaton's Sparrow Farm on Facebook. And then uh, Instagram, which is at Wheaton's Sparrow Farm. Um, either of those places, if you message us, we can get you on an email list. Um, if anybody's interested, we're working on setting up our uh, our website currently. Um, so yeah, that's, that's where you can find us. And then obviously when the web website becomes available, then it will be, uh, wheatandsparrowfarm.com. 
Awesome. Well, Jonathan and Winter, thanks so much for joining me here today to share your story. And congratulations again for being one of our Jumpstart grant recipients. Best of luck to you you and your family on your farm. Thank you so much. Jesse, say bye-bye. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review, plus subscribe and share it with a friend. As always, you can head over to agchoice.com slash podcasts to view the transcript and listen to other episodes. To catch all the latest from us, follow along on Facebook and Instagram at agchoicefarmcredit.com.